You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Well, that was beautiful. Amen to that. Good morning, everybody. Oh, that was pathetic. Good morning, everybody. Ah, that's better. How many of you were there last night at the banquet? Well, then you will understand what I'm about to tell you. So I woke up at about 2 o'clock this morning and I thought, if I know Pastor Brown, he'll have that same plexiglass pulpit up there on the platform this morning. <laughs> now, you have to admit, this is much better. And this is absolutely gorgeous. I can even gain more weight and it'll still do the job. Amen to that one right there. <clears throat> well, it's so good to be with you. And if you were at the banquet last night, we had a great time. We ate too much. Uh, I had two portions of that cake, which is against the diabetes doctor's wishes, but you know how that goes. <clears throat> and uh, if you missed out on the cake, you really missed out. But uh, <clears throat> this morning, I, I am so excited to preach to you this morning on the subject that uh, the Lord has put on my heart. And it's one of those deals where you guys that preach, and maybe some of you ladies that preach, but uh, you understand this. If, if you don't stick close to the outline, you're going to end up going off the deep end. And so I'm going to have to try and stay close to what I've got in my notes today. Otherwise, I may get lost. If you have your Bible with you this morning, would you please turn with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. I love your pastor and his family, and uh, your pastor became almost like an adopted son to me many years ago. In fact, so much so that I've been willing to trade in some of my own sons for him at times, but <laughs> you, you, you know how that goes. There are times when you're not sure you want to take credit for certain of your children. But <laughs> anyway, they're yours whether you like to take credit or not. John chapter 2 is where we are. Do you stand here when you read the scripture or not? Let's, let's stand, if you will. And uh, beginning in verse 1 of John chapter 2, And the third day there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, This is one of my favorite lines in the Bible. Woman, what have I to do with thee? I've been married for 50 years, and I've said that a few times. But, okay, some of you ladies didn't appreciate that. And I, I'm very sorry, but it is there. It's in Scripture. It's, it's okay to use it once in a while because it's, inspired amen come on men help me out here I feel like I'm on an island do we have any men here some of you need to repeat that after me let's try that right now okay it starts out woman go ahead woman what have I to do with thee some of you are really wimping out on me here uh, uh, never mind Manhood has died in America. All right, let's go on. And she, he says, mine hour is not yet come. His mother <clears throat> saith unto the servants, what, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. 
And there was set there uh, six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out and uh, now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted of the water that was made wine and knew not where, uh, where, uh, whence it was, but the serv ser servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called for the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Verse 11 is our text verse this morning. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Let's bow for prayer if you would please. Father, we do thank you for this book. We thank you that it is true from cover to cover. Every single word is true. Every single word is inspired. Every single word is preserved. We thank you that we can rely upon it, we can depend upon it, we can trust it, and yes, Lord, we can even use it. And I pray, Father, that you would use it by the power of your Spirit in every heart and every life today, that Jesus Christ might be honored and glorified, for it's in his name that I pray, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Let me make this statement to you this morning. Jesus is all about miracles. Jesus is all about miracles. And it's not that he was about miracles in the Gospels. It is he is all about miracles now. Jesus is still in the miracle working business. And you and I can hardly make it through a day in this sin sick world of ours without hearing about some miracle that Jesus has performed. Amen to that. Now, in this passage that we read, it says in verse 11 that Jesus showed his glory through his miracles. So God tells us here in this passage of scripture that when God does a miracle, he does it so that Jesus Christ can be glorified. And then it says in verse 11 that it, the miracles that Jesus did caused people to believe on him. So God is all about miracles. Even today, when you see the world practically crumbling around us and you wonder what the future holds, I came to remind you this morning, God is still in the miracle business. And I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. I just want to draw your attention to three phrases or words here in verse 11, our text verse. And let me read it for you again. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. The first word I want to focus our attention on this morning is the word beginning. What a wonderful word. Beginning. Sometimes we find ourselves, and even this morning, I'm sure there's some people sitting under the sound of my voice, you find yourselves in the middle of some kind of a mess. Whether you're in the middle of it or somewhere on the fringe somewhere, we deal every day with messes, problems, struggles, trials, heartache, loss. 
But Jesus comes to us in the beginning. If we were to go to Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God. Amen. In the beginning, God. You see, God was there in the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. We can get excited about that. God give us a generation of believers in churches across this country who are excited. It's okay to be excited. Hey, it's also okay to laugh. You understand that this morning? It's okay to laugh. Is there crying? Of course there's crying. Is there weeping? Yes, there's weeping. Is there mourning? Yes. But if Christians can't laugh, who in the world has a right to laugh? I spent the last 40 plus years of my life knocking on doors and trying to tell people about Jesus Christ. And I found this out, that there are two things that cause people to lower their resistance, their defenses. One is laughter and one is tears. Those two things make an impact on a life. I was knocking on the door in Chicago a few years back. A man came to the door and I said, I'm from First Baptist. He, slammed, he yelled at me, no, and slammed the door in my face. So I went around to the back door. <laughs> Knocked on the back door. He came from the front of the house to the back of the house, opened the door, and there I am standing. I said, yep, it's me again. He started laughing so hard, he couldn't resist what I had to tell him. See, people are looking for an opportunity to laugh, and God's people have already the ability to laugh. Amen? You see, nothing miraculous ever happens without God. Nothing miraculous ever happens without God. You and I cannot do miracles without God. I want you to go with me in your Bibles to Lamentations. At the end of the service, I'll check and see if you found it. <laughs> Lamentations in chapter 3. Find your way there if you would. I'd like you to see this. Lamentations chapter 3. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad to be a Christian. I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad I have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Lamentations chapter 3, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right, four of you are there. Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. Listen to me this morning. Every single sunrise marks a new beginning. It's just amazing to me that God somehow knew that the human being could handle about 24 hours. And at the end of 24 hours, he gives us a brand new start. When the sun comes up, that's a declaration by God, we're starting over again. 
You have another beginning today. Yesterday may have been horrible. You maybe couldn't have waited to put your head on the pillow and maybe you even cried yourself to sleep and maybe you went to bed in some kind of despair. But when the sun comes up, that is God Almighty saying to you and me, fresh start, fresh start, new beginnings. And his mercies are new. And his compassions are new. He's got a whole new bunch of them today that he didn't let you have yesterday. He never runs out. Used to be these restaurants that, I don't maybe you still have them out in California, I don't know. Used to have these fondue restaurants where you go and it, there's, a, there's a hot fudge fondue pump sitting in the middle of, on the cabinet there and it just keeps pumping up chocolate. Amen. How many of you like chocolate? How many of you addicted to chocolate? How many of you addicted to coffee? Coffee and chocolate, that's it right there. You don't need anything else to live. Did I get an amen from you? <laughs> Only on the coffee. Yeah. This guy needs an IV bag and a syringe right here. His daily hit. It never stops. He, he used to work with me in the bus ministry. I'd make sure he had a cup of black coffee every Sunday morning because that's the only way I could keep him going. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you understand this? God has a new beginning every single sunrise. Amen. Beginning is a wonderful word. <clears throat> and in, in this passage of scripture here, it talks about this beginning of miracles. What does that mean? There's more coming. Amen. Every single sunrise is a demonstration of the faithfulness of God. And it starts all over again. I don't know what this day is going to be like for you. But I know this. If you're like normal people, you will go to bed tonight. And when you get up tomorrow morning, there'll be a brand new bunch of mercies. And a brand new load of compassion. And a brand new demonstration of faithfulness. Say, Brother Moore, how do I know that? Just look around. Go to God tomorrow morning and say, God, I need you to demonstrate your faithfulness tomorrow, this morning. And watch what God does for you during the day. You see, the word beginning is a very important thing. Now, you say, why are you emphasizing the word beginning? Because your pastor has said multiple times, just in the short time I've been here, that this building project over here is just the beginning. He told us last night that he's got phase two and phase three already on the drawing board. And we mentioned last night there were several heart attacks and strokes in the service when he said that. But beginning is important. And then he says something else in this verse. He says this beginning of miracles. That's so important to us that we have the miracles. The Psalm 111 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, Mark says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, would you turn there with me all the way from Lamentations to Colossians? <clears throat> would you go there with me? Colossians chapter 1. Everybody still awake? Yes. Sunday morning, you know, your schedule gets all out of sync on the weekends. 
you find yourself tired when certain times of the day when you're not normally tired the rest of the week. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. How many of you there say glory? glory? Look at verse 18 with me. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. See, Christ is the head of the church, not the pastor. I have nothing against the pastor. In fact, I'm for the pastor, but he's the under shepherd. Amen. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But then he says this, the beginning of the firstborn of the dead. What an amazing statement. What is he talking about? He's talking about the fact that from the time Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And when he did that, he conquered death. He conquered sin and he conquered hell. He is the only one who has the power to deliver you and me from those things. Because he already defeated them. Amen. So that's what he's talking about here. He was the firstborn of the dead. You and I, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become born of the dead, born again of the dead. Beginnings are important. He goes on and he says this beginning of miracles and I draw your attention if you want to go back to John chapter 2 I draw your attention to verse 11 again where it says this beginning of miracles plural. You see the building we are dedicating today is a miracle. And it has its beginning in Christ. The Bible is full of miracles. The miracle of the new birth, which I just described to you. The miracle of the Holy Spirit. Go over just a, a few pages to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and look with me at verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And what's he talking about here? He's talking about the fact that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come and be a part of our lives if we're saved. And that the Holy Spirit will allow us to do the same miracles and sometimes even greater miracles than Jesus did. How? in the power of the Holy Spirit. What a miracle. You say, Brother Moore, what in the world are you talking about? You understand, every single one of us was, was created a, a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. But when Adam and Eve in the garden sinned, the spirit of man died. The spirit in you and me is the part of us which was created in order to have a relationship with God. But sin destroyed the spirit of man. And so Paul tells us that when we trust Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in our spirit and he quickens our spirit, makes our spirit alive unto God. Now, for the first time, as a believer in Jesus Christ, each of us has the opportunity to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Not something to be taken lightly, something to shout about. That's not all. There's the, the miracle of the local church. Look at Matthew chapter 16 with me. Sorry to make you use your Bibles like this. Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 18. And I say also unto you, unto thee, <clears throat> that thou art Peter, and, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there today about what the church is. The church is not a club. It's not primarily for fellowship. In fact, the word fellowship in the Bible has nothing to do with the, uh, drinking coffee and eating pie and cupcakes. Fellowship in the Bible talks about partnership. Partnership between you and I and God in getting the gospel to the world. But what he's saying here is, upon this rock I'll build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now here's what we think in so many churches today. I know you've been taught better than this. But so many churches today, we think if we can come inside the church building and shut the doors, we'll be safe. The devil can't get in here. The devil can't attack us because we're inside the church. That's not at all what Jesus was saying. First of all, if you could travel with me and go to some of the churches around the country that I've been to, you find out that the devil can get into the church. I've been to many churches where the devil's music's already there. I, I've been to churches where the devil's Bible's there. You can't keep the devil out of here. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about we as a church getting out of here and attacking the gates of hell. And the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the withering attack of the spirit-filled believer in the local church attacking the gates of hell. That's why you and I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God because God is in the miracle working business. God can shut down wickedness anywhere he wants to, but he typically uses God's people to do it. And it's a miracle that we have the Holy Spirit. This building that we're dedicating today is a miracle. This church is a miracle. But it's not the building, this building, that's a miracle. It's not this building that's the church. You are the church. And you, if we could take a, a cordless microphone and pass it around to every individual in this church and let you give your testimony today, we would be finished about 6 o'clock tomorrow morning because everybody in this room got a testimony of the miracle that God did in your life. This room is full of miracles. And it is something to shout about. It is something to share about. And it's not difficult if you recognize the miracle that God has done in your life. It's not difficult to share that miracle with people you meet everywhere. We make it difficult. 
Let me say to you this morning, God is all about miracles. But I want you to notice something. It says in verse 11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. Now, why did God put that in there? John and the Holy Spirit want us to know that there are places where miracles happen. There are places where miracles happen. And perhaps God would say to us today that Marysville, California is a place of many more miracles. This is the place of a living, vibrant church. Not a dead or dying church, but a live and powerful church. Because of that Holy Spirit that I talked to you about a moment ago. I'm going to ask you to turn to one more passage of scripture. Please don't sigh as you do it. I want you to go with me to First uh, uh, Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. When you get there, say glory to God. All right, that's enough. We'll go, we'll go on. Look at 1 Peter <clears throat> chapter 3. I'm sorry. I don't mean chapter 3. Chapter 2 and verse 3. You'll be old someday. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is Precious. Do you believe he's precious? But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders allowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, <clears throat> even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a, a a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I'm talking to you. The scripture is talking about you. Yes, I know the primary application is to the, the, the Jewish people. But understand this. God says there was a time when you were without mercy. I was without mercy. But there came a time when we obtained mercy. And a miracle took place in us. And for many of you in this room, somewhere in the last few years, a miracle took place in this place, in this place, this is and will be, if we decide to make it so, a place of miracles. The miracle of a God-called pastor, a man of God, to love you and to lead you 
Praise God for that. And I'm not just trying to build him up. I'm talking about the position of a pastor. And understand this this morning. Every single man of God who leads an independent Baptist church is under constant attack from Satan himself. That means every single member of this church needs to bathe this man and his family in prayer. I tell men all over this country, when you're going to work in the morning, find a way to drive by this church building and pull into the parking lot for five minutes and thank God for this church and thank God for your pastor and pray for God to protect him and his family. It's a miracle. This is a place where miracles happen. And we want to preserve that. Yes, in a sick and vile and dying world, here is the miraculous hope of life. And you get to be a part of it. Say, Brother Moore, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm trying to raise your awareness this morning. And ask you from the bottom of my heart, <clears throat> give yourselves to the miracle God wants to perform here. Because he's not finished. He is not finished. If every single one of us <clears throat> today will simply say, I yield myself to you, God. I want to be a part, a participating, active, involved part of the miracles, plural, that you want to continue to do in this place. I don't want to be blind to those miracles. I want to be spiritually perceptive. I want to be alive and awake and watching and waiting for the miracles that you're going to do. The thing that I find so much in our churches today is this lethargy. You are not saved to take up space. If that were the case, I'd be more saved than you because I take up more space than most of you. You and I were saved to serve. We were saved to be on the front lines. Miracles take place when those who love God are actively and aggressively involved in seeking him and his power and his reward and blessing. Amen to that. Give yourselves in every fiber of your being. Be sure you tithe. You want God's blessing, tithe. And tithe means to give 10% of all your increase. <clears throat> Be sure you're winning souls. Be sure you're faithful to attend. What does that mean? Come back tonight. Oh, now I've gone from preaching to meddling. Huh? Be faithful. This is a place of miracles. Don't miss out. We can find so many excuses for not coming back on Sunday night. Give offerings. Invest in the miracles. Be fully invested, mind, body, heart, and strength in the miracles here. Renew your commitment 
this morning, if your commitment has been lagging, you've been sitting on the fringe, you've been sitting on the outside looking in, renew your commitment to the place of miracles. If I could put you in a large bus and take you around the country and show you the dying churches, the churches where the King James Bible is no longer used, the churches where people have stopped giving, the churches where people no longer tell anybody about Christ, you would begin to understand what a miracle God has let you be a part of. May I say this to you this morning? Proclaim your commitment everywhere you go. Let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you what's happening over there. We saw miracles this past week. Can I tell you about it? The only way you're going to be able to do that is if you pay attention and watch for them. Amen. Let me say to you this morning, some of you are here today and you need a miracle. You need to be made alive unto God. So, Brother Moore, what are you talking about? The first miracle that has to take place in any life is a miracle of salvation. Where you recognize you cannot save yourself. You can't be good enough to save yourself. You can't be religious enough to save yourself. You can't give enough money to save yourself. The only person who has the power to save you, as I told you a few minutes ago, is Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you something that happens. Regardless of what's going on in your world and in your life, when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, a miracle takes place, and the Holy Spirit of God comes into you, into your spirit, and makes that spirit alive unto God. And that's why the Bible calls it being born again. We get criticized, we get mocked, abused because we talk about being born again and everybody thinks it's a joke it's not a joke it's exactly the miracle that god does when you come to him and you say you know i know i'm a sinner i know the penalty for sin is death and hell but i know that jesus christ paid in full the price of my sin he died my death he suffered my hell so I don't have to. I just have to trust what Jesus did on the cross. And when we do that, we come to Christ in that way. He saves us in an instant of time. It happens so fast you can't hardly believe it. And your life begins to change. Then you become, in yourself, a part of the miracle. This morning... You'll be given an opportunity to make that decision. Nobody can force you to trust Christ as your Savior. God will never force you. He's available to you if you ask him. Now, there's two things that need to happen this morning, and I'm going to ask the pastor to come in just a minute. First thing is, you who are saved and part of this church, you need to recommit yourself to the miracle. Be an active, aggressive part of what's happening here. Be active in your prayers to God 
to provide more miracles. Get involved in every aspect. That's for those of you who are saved and part of this church. There are some here who are not part of this church and you're not saved. The pastor will give you an opportunity to trust Christ as your savior today. Today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.